Well, we're back to our series on Christian qualities uh, that are mentioned in 2 Peter 1, 5-7. to uh, Tonight we're thinking about self-control, but let's just remind ourselves uh, of the entire list that Peter provides with us, uh, uh, us with. Um, so if you have a Bible, uh, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 5-7. to uh, We've been reading these over and over again, um, but helpful just to see the context in which Peter's writing. So he says this, verse 5 to 7, he says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So next quality is self-control. And the Bible is full of reminders for God's people to be self-controlled. And we're gonna tease out what that means and what that looks like for a few moments. As I've said, the Bible has a a lot to say when it comes to self-control. There's a little verse in Proverbs that I found very helpful. Uh, Proverbs 25, 28, it says, a man or a woman, Uh, without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Uh, In biblical times, a city's walls were its chief means of defense. So if the walls were breached, an invading invading army could pour into the city and conquer it. Uh, So think of the fall of Jericho in Joshua 6. God caused the walls to collapse and Israel's army was able to move in, take the city In the same way that a city without walls was vulnerable to an invading army, so a person without self-control is vulnerable to all kinds of temptations. Solomon was the author of those words from Proverbs, but unfortunately his life is a sad but striking demonstration of his own words. So the scriptures record that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, all from nations that the Lord had forbidden his people to take wives from. Solomon gave free rein to his passions and totally disregarded God's prohibition. As the wealthiest man of his era, Solomon had access to everything that he desired, but instead of exercising self-control, he disregarded his own wisdom, here in Proverbs 25, and he let his passions run out of control. He paid a heavy price for his lack of self-control. His wives turned his heart away from God. Because of that, God divided Solomon's kingdom in the day of his son, Rehoboam, and the Davidic dynasty was crippled from that time forward. So the Bible is full of reminders for God's people to be self-controlled. Paul lists it as one expression of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. He also includes a lack of self-control in the list of vices, Uh, vice characteristics of the last days uh, in 2 Timothy 3 verse 3. Uh, Peter, the the author of this little letter, actually mentions self-control quite often too. He mentions it in his second letter but also in his first. So in 1 Peter 1, 13, 4, 7 and 5, 8, Peter highlights the need for self-control. Despite all that the Bible says about this quality, uh, this is possibly one of the virtues that receives little conscious attention from us. Uh, We have boundaries from our Christian culture that tend to restrain us from obvious sins, but within those boundaries, we pretty much live as we please. It's also a difficult quality to develop and cultivate simply because of the world that we live in. So instead of telling us to show self-control, 
The world says, do what you want. Let your passions and emotions and desires run wild. What, what, what is self-control, though? Well, the, the most helpful def definition that I've come across is this one from Jerry Bridges. He says that self-control is a governance or prudent control of one's desires, cravings, impulses, emotions, and passions. It is saying no when we should say no. It is moderation in, le in legitimate desires and activities and absolute restraint in areas that are clearly sinful. Quite a, a good definition, quite a detailed definition. Uh, biblical self-control is not a product of our own natural willpower. People who aren't Christians can exercise, exercise self-control in an area of life for the purpose of achieving a goal, but in other areas they may live with little or no self-control. So good example might be an athlete. An athlete might be strict in their diet, but totally lack control of their temper. Biblical self-control covers every area of life and requires unceasing conflict with the passions of the flesh that wage war against our souls. This self-control is dependent on the influence and enablement of the Holy Spirit. It requires continual exposure of mind to the Word of God and continual prayer for the Spirit to give us both the desire and the power to exercise self-control. Although self-control is to be exercised in all areas of life, there are three areas in particular that are worth highlighting. Three areas where Jerry Bridges says Christians often fail to exercise it. So here's the first, eating and drinking. Now that might sound like an odd one to begin with. What we're addressing here is the tendency to, continu to continually give in to our desires for certain food and drinks. Now I am more a fan of crisps than chocolate. So I'm a crisp person rather than a chocolate person and on Friday nights I'll normally sit down, watch a little bit of TV with Lynn and more often than not I batter my way through a reasonable sized bag of crisps. So favourites include Hunky Dory's Buffalo flavour, Thai Sweet Chili Sensations and those Salt and Vinegar Chiplets from M&S. If you've never had those you should try them, they're absolutely amazing and I can just batter through a bag in about 15 minutes, half an hour, and if you leave me unsupervised, they will be gone. You know, Lynn's not going to get very many at all. Now, fairly lighthearted example, and we might not think much of doing something like that, but it's an area in which we all have, to some degree, a lack of self-control, a tendency to indulge our desires so that they control us instead of us controlling those desires. Eating and drinking may seem like odd examples, but if we lack self-control in that area, it's likely that we'll lack it in other areas too. Which brings us on to our next area. Uh, back a slide. A second area where Christians lack self-control is with our temper. So some people are known to be hot-tempered or to have a short fuse. There are a number of warnings against a quick temper in the Bible. So Proverbs 14, 17 says, A man of quick temper acts foolishly. Uh, Proverbs 16.32 says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the, than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And then in the New Testament, James tells us to be slow to anger. Anger in most instances is sin, but with the short-tempered person, there's the added sin of a lack of self-control. Outbursts of temper are usually directed against anyone who displeases us, a driver who cuts in on us on the road, a driver who jumps the queue, 
or who does something that we just deem to be stupid. It might be a referee in a sports game who awards a penalty for the other team. Unfortunately, it's often directed towards family members in our own individual lives. Uh, Psalm 119, 11 reminds us that we're to store up God's word in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. Uh, we can store up those verses from Proverbs and James to help us exercise self-control with our tempers. Uh, another area that's just worth touching on briefly, and that's our use of technology. Very modern problem, but uh, most of us will have had the experience of watching a reasonable amount of time slide by time that we have spent on our phones or tablets. Whole evenings can be lost to flicking and just looking at nothing. Again, the Bible has a reasonable amount to say about how we use our time. Uh, Paul in Ephesians says that we should make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Uh, the psalmist, uh, psalmist prays and says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. No doubt that technology and the various social apps that we have help us to stay connected. But if we indulge in an evening of Facebook stalking, if we indulge in an evening of watching mindless YouTube videos, it's because we lack self-control in that area. Uh, John Piper, great American preacher, has this really perceptive quote. Um, I really like this quote. He, he, he says that one of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. One of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will, do, will, will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. Time that we spend on whatever tech items we have would be much better spent in prayer or in reading the Word. One of the reasons we're unable to read the Word for any length of time is because we're so used to looking at a screen it might be that we need to take a tech break, delete some of the apps that we use a lot, carve out some deliberate time away from our phones and screens so that we can spend it with the Lord. As we've said, self-control is to be exercised in all areas of life. We've only touched on three. When you consider that, that it's to be exercised in all areas, you begin to realize the extent of God's call on our lives. There are certain things that we tolerate in our lives and there are certain things that receive little conscious attention from us. I would put it to us tonight that self-control is one of those areas that we neglect. As we seek to grow in this area, we should remember that it is a fruit of the Spirit and that it's only by God's enabling power that we can make any progress. We look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who was the epitome of self-control, whose life was marked and defined by self-control, who remained self-controlled in all areas despite facing the greatest temptation known to man, who went to the cross so that out-of-control sinners might be changed and transformed into self-controlled saints. A man or a woman without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Let's pray that God would help us in this area of our lives tonight. Father, we thank you for your word to us, and we realize that your word is challenging at times, and as you've challenged us tonight, as we've thought about this area of self-control, we pray that by your spirit, you would help us to seek self-control in different aspects of our lives. Uh, we think of the three aspects that we've mentioned, eating and drinking, our temper, our, our use of technology. We pray that you'd help us in those things, but, but also throughout our lives, that you would help us to, to, to have self-control 
and to look to you and your word for guidance and for help. We pray that you would continue to change us and transform us by your spirit. And we pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.